Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Our guys out there are not going to stop playing. Um, I don't even know if some of them, you know, I think some realize exactly what's going on. Some guys are just out there doing what they do, not changing nothing and not thinking anything differently uh, than if you have, you know, a Correa out there or a Buck out there every day or anything like that. Um, you know, playing today, you know, without one of the best players in the game playing center field, that doesn't affect the mindset of our guys. We went out there and fought and fought hard and uh, left here winning a, a really great series. Did you guys see the little thing in the bottom of the right corner, that little little pouch? Guys, let me, let me just show this Mm-mm. again just so I can give you guys a visual. Our guys out there are not going to stop playing. See that little yeah. that thing in the bottom? Those are like squeeze pouches I give to like my baby nephews. Why is it an adult is man? It, it, is it like Pedialyte? It, I mean, it could, yeah. I guess it could be. Like I give those to like my kids. NFL players, NFL players will consume Pedialyte just to re, like replenish mm. after practice. Mm. Maybe like that's it. the secret. Are you saying this is a Mark McGuire situation where <laughs> Rocco, the, the Twins just have PEDs sitting out? You know, the manager just has PEDs sitting out. How do you? How do you? How do you take two of three from? <laughs> I was told by Judd. There's no way to even like score a run in this series unless no. you have some sort of performance enhancer. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah, what well, I that's what they use now. Now we know they cheated. <laughs> Kill the song. They cheated. <laughs> well, let's start. It's a it's it's Monday statements. Let's start out. We'll, we got a batch of twin statements. Uh, we'll talk a little Timberwolves later. Declan has a buffoon of the week oh, that uh, I, he's been wanting to rant about this for at least the last hours. 24 hours or yeah. so. But uh, statement number one for me is. The Twins did an unbelievable job overcoming Judd Zolgad's negativity over the past three days (laughs) to take two out of three games. By the way, the Twins gave up 21 runs in the three games to an excellent lineup. I think if you would have said, all right, all these guys are going to be, you know, these unvaxxed players can't travel. They got a couple other guys on the COVID list. They got players on the injured list. And they're basically going to run out spring training lineups and give up 21 runs in three games. How's the series going to go? Taking two of three probably wasn't high Uh on the list. Yesterday, the Twins beat the brakes off one of the best starting pitchers in baseball the last two seasons, Kevin Gausman, former, like, number five overall pick. Of course, the Orioles botched him like they do everyone. And they they, they put, I think it was the biggest beatdown he's had all season, maybe the last two seasons, all because Judd Zolgad just can't muster anything nice to say about this A little this fire team. under I think Whiteboard oh, material. Is that what you're saying? I lit a fire below the boys? Send my them to guess Toronto? Is they, 
they probably had Mackie and Judd episodes playing on loop in the clubhouse. I love to hear that throughout the entire series. That's our goal. Wow, that's and our goal. So, Congratulations to the Twins yeah. for overcoming the negative media in this town led by Judd Zolgad. No That's Correa, no Joe Ryan, no Sonny Gray, no Kep, no Pagan, no, no problem, no Lewis, no Buxton on Sunday. Exactly. Wow. This was a inspired. I was, I was um, very happy with how this team regrouped yes, after losing <laughs> four or five to a Tigers team. That's a complete joke. I was very ha- happy to see them rebound in three games and win two. And now I'm curious about the future. Now I'm curious about what the future holds. Um, certainly the flaws, certainly the issues that this team is going to have to contend with if they are going to become a realistic um, playoff team, one that can make a run, came to light Saturday, for instance. Bullpen a little bit yesterday. But those things being said, yes, I was very happy to see the Twins do something positive. Does this mean that I have now completely like fallen head over heels for this team? Absolutely not. Sports Dad will still hold uh, them accountable. That was nice. Nice hearing your thoughts. There's two words I didn't... Maybe I missed something, but mm-hmm. there are two words. I, the word apologize and the word wrong. I'm not... Declan, I... Just going back the last yeah. two minutes of you know, Judd oh, there's no apology. There. I, I don't know that there's I no, heard. There's no sorry. Apology. We are four thirty in, and I have yet to hear. I'm. Sorry. Oh, I'm not sorry. No, no, I was wrong about I, them uh, being I'm swept. All no, all hell no, guys. hell no. You get your ass whooped by the Bengals, and I'm not. No, there's the no Bengals. apology. I, I admitted I was wrong about the Bengals. You can admit you're wrong about the Twins. No, no, no. Sorry. He means the, the tigers. tigers are called the, the Bengals. Bengals. Okay. Yes. Try to keep up here. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, I was wrong because on write that down, as we will find on Wednesday, I said the twins would be swept. So no question. I was wrong. Apology. I don't think so. I think, but, but, but you, you went so far down the path of this is all bleeped. This is all screwed up. The clubhouse is going to be a disaster. There's no way they're going to like, look at the teams they have to play. And I tried to talk you back on Thursday last week and say, first of all, they've built up a, a ton of equity already. They have a five-game mm-hmm. lead in the division, 10 games over 500, and it's baseball. You can run out. I mean, the worst teams in baseball still find a way to win 60 out of 160 games. Mm-hmm. So it's not doom and gloom and a death sentence, you know, this rough stretch they're going through. And I was right you were right ding, ding. you were right now are they going to win a playoff game though you see the accountability to me is oh, yeah. it, it, it carries on that's for months goal. now that's like three months and down I, the road here there's three months is plenty a, of things three months is a very short time do not minimize the importance of the pressure that score north will continue to put on this team until we get the results that are desired which is a world series championship and I listen. I obviously subscribe to raising standards around here. But if you're just going to do this thing for three months, where you just crap on them and ex- like, let's let things play out. You can't just like say on Thursday last week that oh they're screwed, they're not going to make the playoffs, and everything they do. I think there's a balance here that you went too far some, with. Last uh, some Thursday. of that you will recall is our colleague Patrick. Patrick was more down on them. Patrick predicted that they would be swept in in the next three series and by next Sunday not be in first place. In this crappy division, it would take an act of God to fall out of first place right now. So I did not go that far. So I think you're mistaking some of the the, um, crapping on this team that Patrick did. But yes, 
I saw Doom and Gloom, and they won two of three. I'm impressed. I'm also curious if this might also open up an opportunity for to look at maybe shopping a guy or two. What? Um, you you just you just won two or three without Kepler, uh-huh. who, who probably has value. Kirloff is mashing. Larnick is damn good. Mm-hmm. My point is this: this is I looked I looked at this and said. Could there be an opportunity for a few changes, too? Would you trade six years of Alex Kirloff for a year and a half of Frankie Montas? I'm open I to it. I think I would. I'm open I, to it, I don't yeah. trust his wrist. His wrist is... Yeah, that's a good idea, that, man. That, that's that's a, good it. My initial inclination is, uh, but yeah, you're right. That that wrist... Is, now, now, he has come back, and I think he's had like he's a couple of multiple home run games uh, for the Saints. So mm-hmm. he is playing well. But all I'm saying is I thought the weekend opened up an opportunity that I saw some things that I really liked from some guys that I don't think we would have seen as much of. Hey, you know what? They won a series and you're trying to trade one of their best players. You're like, you know, this is the, the spin doctor here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think, no, I think you know just, what? I think just, hey, listen, I probably got a little aggressive there with my uh, twins angst on Thursday. I was wrong. And I was 100% wrong. I am not apologizing. Now, I'm sorry. They could, now, they could get swept by the Yankees here right. and then you can do a victory dance. I don't want to do a victory dance. Here's what I want. I want to win a damn playoff game. And I'm not. My, yes, that's three months I, away, four months away. I don't away. care. Like, I don't do you want? care that it's three or four months away the the accountability when when you raise a child you don't say i don't care what what happens to my kid in october because it's june you say i care about my child throughout the course of the upbringing but okay so so you're looking for signs and you're so yeah okay Mm -hmm. i don't want my kid to be a screw-up i want my kid to look like this when he's 18 correct and so you're looking for you're looking to mold things you're looking for signs when he's 10 when he's 12 coming from non-parents around the show of course we're going to be parenting experts we're here right parents. now. We're, my parenting. We're, we're dog parents. We're, well, sports, we're, sp- parents. we're sports parents. Yeah. We're raising yeah. these damn teams. Somebody asked. And you. so if it's me and I'm looking for, okay, in four months from now, when my child is ready to reemerge into the world of playoff baseball, a world that has been really bad for them, mm-hmm. with all the other children that we've put out into the world of playoff baseball, <laughs> we've had, what, like seven twins children or whatever going back to 2004. <laughs> all of them have basically been like, Incarcerated or fired from all their jobs, they've just been they they, they can't win in the game of playoff baseball life. Oh I'm God. looking for yes. I'm looking for them to overcome adversity. I'm looking for them to show some mental toughness. I'm yep. looking for them to Good point. go to Toronto with a B squad and take care of business and win two out of three. So mm-hmm. again, you know the Yankees are a, a whole different animal, and they're coming to town here for the next three days. Well, starting Tuesday, and we're going to talk to our, our guy Talking Jake, by the way, from John Boy Media on oh, yeah. tomorrow's show. Perfect time. So that'll too. be fun. Uh, but I just like I look at that Toronto series and say, no, they're not ready to be the World Series favorites or anything. But that's a good sign. They just went up there, I all sorts of adversity, totally. losing a bunch yes. of games to the Tigers, and they just like. Com- Completely put their grapefruits on the table against a really good baseball team. Yes. So. All joking aside, I agree completely. That is an impressive performance because you got done in game two and came back and won. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. Without, without, I don't buck. disagree with that. Without without yeah. All right. All right. My statement. Yeah. Hey, twins, go prove Zolgad wrong this week. So, in classic yes. twins Yankees lore, yep. another chapter in the twins Yankees series. Spirits are riding a roller coaster. Some of us are nervous. Some of us are overly confident. So go figure. 
here come the New York Yankees to town, who have absolutely no history of crushing and stopping on the hearts of Twins fans. It also doesn't help that the Yankees have been the best team in the American League this season. So if the Twins go on and take a rare series win over the Yankees, I know a certain someone on this show will gladly eat crow and gladly eat his oh, words. Oh, you beat the Yankees? If they take two out of three from the Yankees. I'd be super impressed. And here's the fun part about this, because this is going to be a task. Because the pitching matchups this week against the Yankees. Let me read these for you. I've written them down, too, because they're so impressive for the Yankees. Chris Archer versus uh, Nestor Cortez on Tuesday. Who Nestor the molester. He might win the Cy Young this year. He leads the league in ERA. He's faced the most batters. He goes deep in the games. He, he literally probably might win the Cy Young. So he gets Chris Archer, yeah. all 55, 60 pitches of him, and, and two times through the order. Then he get Dylan Bundy versus Garrett Cole on Wednesday, which I'll be in attendance for. That should be great. Those are two very high first-round draft picks. Yeah. That should be a, an epic matchup between two very highly... Highly touted. Former Pirate. Top five picks. Former O. Be great. Be great. Uh, Smeltzer versus Drew Rasmussen on Thursday to close the series. So, if the Twins can beat the Yankees in a series with the back half of their rotation, Zolgad should gladly eat Crow. Oh, so God. Make, yeah. that, make Zolgad eat Crow this week I'd if the Twins it. take the series against the Yankees. I'd, wel- okay? I'd welcome that. That'd be awesome. I'm also, actually excited also. for these three three games, and I can't say that in, in the last two years I've been super excited, or at least in the last year, I've been super excited for a twin series. So, yeah. I, I also want to be voice of reason here just in advance mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. if they get swept by the Yankees, it doesn't mean anything other than the Twins have a crappy back half of the rotation with a bunch of fill-in uh-huh. pitchers and a spring training lineup, and the Yankees are dialed in and winning a ton of games. With a bunch of dudes like Aaron Judge hitting bombs all over the place. Who's back? So. Who's who's going to come back now? Is Correa close? Is Joe Ryan close? No idea. They're very they, you know they're not very open about timelines sure. with some of these things. Sounds, I, don't I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like Joe Ryan's like fine. Like, okay. I know he's still in town. Like I don't, I don't really understand why he's not activated yet. And Correa was vaxxed. Yeah. So I would imagine he didn't. He get should be fine. Too sick. He should be okay. But I'm, I'm just bad, curious. Do you have any back. idea with what Royce Lewis's status is beyond the ten day injured list? No, we have not heard. They, they said that they were going to do when the swelling in that knee went down. They were going to do another MRI to confirm that there wasn't more damage than they initially thought. But we have not heard a thing since, and, and I haven't seen any follow up stories. Okay, mm-hmm. Dudley. All right, okay, Mister Positive here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I give you Mister Positive, and I'm going to give you this. And we can debate the importance of this stat, but I'm going to flat out tell you my statement is he's a delight to watch. And I am speaking of Luis Arise. In fact, Arise. Dex. Arise. That's good. You're getting good at that. Thank you. It's pretty good. Thank you. Four for four on Sunday. Now leads the American League with a 358 average. And we can debate that. I know that there's, you know, wins and average and who cares. But nonetheless, if you watch this guy on a consistent basis, how fun is it to watch what literally to me seems when he's going well, like it's a tutorial on how to hit, like not a tutorial on launch angle, not a tutorial on trying to hit home runs, but a tutorial on on what in my day as a youth, they used to call guys that were professional hitters. Love that term. That's Pure what this, hitters, right? Yes, that's what this guy is. And it how much fun is it to watch him work counts? work pitchers, 
and just slap that ball to left. You know, I mean, it's so easy. He he makes it look simple. And the fact is, it's probably one of the hardest things in sports to do. Yeah, he is. I just pulled up some numbers this morning just to see, okay, how good is he this season compared to the rest of the league? And remind you know, offense is down this year across baseball. This is yeah. like a, a dead ball season. And it, there's some speculation that they may have altered the baseball in the last few days again. All the home runs that were hit on Friday. You think? It was like oh one of the God. biggest home run nights of all time in baseball history. So maybe they're altering the baseball again. They've done it two or three times in season over the last five or six years. But Luis Arise is batting three fifty eight, which leads the major leagues. Mm-hmm. He has a four forty seven on base percentage, which leads the major leagues by 25 points over Paul Goldschmidt, wow. who has, I think, a 41-game on-base streak. Yeah. And Luis Arise has a, an on-base percentage 25 points better than that. 8% strikeout rate, which is fourth lowest in all of baseball. And this, I'm digging really deep into the nerd bag for this one, but he makes weak contact, according to Fangraphs, on only 8% of batted balls. Mm-hmm. So, like, 9 out of every 10 balls he hits are line drives or or at least, you know, I don't know what the way you would phrase it, strong contact of, of some kind. And so, yeah, like, he's he's also an example of, of why strikeouts matter. We've debated this and talked about this on the show before, but... We've gone so far down the path of well, an out's an out, and stri- you know, if strikeouts happen, and like right. to a certain extent, yeah, if you need to sacrifice some strikeouts, if you're going to have you know 50 extra strikeouts, but then hit 20 extra home runs or something, all right, then there's there's a balance there. But just to break this down for you guys, Luis Arias has a 350 career batting average on balls in play. So when he puts a ball in play, it's a hit in his career 35 percent of the time. An out is an automatic out, right? Or a strikeout, I should say, is an automatic out. If you put the ball in play and you're Luis Arise, yeah, and you do it at a higher clip than basically anyone in baseball, you have a 35% chance of that ground ball or line drive or bloop or whatever being a hit. Yep. So it matters. Like, put, I'm not saying you should just be like bunting on every you well, know, at bat, but he is showing you that there is still room for this type of hitter in baseball. So here's, here's the thing, too. I, I think if we're going to have... The conversation. If people are going to come and say strikeouts, who cares? Strikeout because that's the way the game has gone. The thing that we don't talk about is you actually need to then tell us what ball is being used. Because if it's the juice ball, that might be right. Guys strike out constantly, but guess what? They pop up, and oh my god, it's a it's a home run, right? But mm-hmm. if you think about it, what we have seen, it feels like through the first two months. Strikeouts matter because the guys that weren't striking out and and got the launch angle right are doing what? They're flying out to the warning track. So now it really does. So now you're back. So so if you're going to go down that path and just say, I don't care about strikeouts, you have to tell me what baseball is being used in that game. Because if it's the dead ball, it's a real problem. If it's not, it's not a real problem. Why would they want to use a... Are they? Are they? Is the dead ball thing? Assuming that they used a dead ball to start the season, which I'm guessing they did. Yep. It's not like the players have changed. Yep. Are are they doing that because they thought, oh, we want more outcomes that aren't home runs, walks, and strikeouts. So if we deaden the ball, it'll force these guys to, you know, put a ball in a gap, or and it'll a ball force teams to steal or try and and steal or bunt at times. No question about it. 
but all it's doing is minimizing offense. Uh huh. You know, I think the shift is going to have a better impact on the stuff that baseball wants than deadening the baseball. I don't understand why we can't. Weird. I don't get why why we can't find the balance in a baseball that would fall somewhere between what we saw in 2019 and now. Like it's always, yeah, I, it's the juice ball. Now it's a dead ball. Why? Why can't? Why can't we? Like it's 2022. It's a shot put. <laughs> we we have we have scientists who can you know cure terrible diseases. We can't find a baseball that's just like okay, this one sort of works really well. Yeah. Speaking of curing things, this doesn't have to be an embarrassing conversation, guys. Okay. Valley Park Medical Clinic is dedicated to helping with breakthrough ED remedies throughout men in the greater Minneapolis area. Their approach is medical, but the treatments are surgery-free, drug-free, and non-invasive. And so they'll work with you in a discreet manner, make you feel right at home so you can ask any question in a professional, confidential environment to help with your ED. ValleyParkMedicalClinic.com. That's ValleyParkMedicalClinic.com. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years helping business owners maximize their success. And uh, Federated and their corporate culture are grounded in these four words and these four cornerstones, if you will. Equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. These words and cornerstones create the foundation that supports all interactions and decision-making through Federated. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, I hate to be... uh, cold water guy here but you know we're all about oh, balance on this show here we go my next statement is i think i know i think it's time for tyler duffy oh <laughs> that's a watch from now. watch from afar do you want to do you want to um start there and include his his friend dylan bundy whoa 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 whoa, whoa. Uh, dylan, Listen, it's it was, over it's been it was he it tried. was windy it was the, the weather was just the wind was blowing straight out i <laughs> Unfair pitching conditions for for Dylan Bundy this weekend. Okay. Uh, Well, I'll start with Duffy. If you want to go down the Dylan Bundy path, you're welcome to. But how about I phrase it this way so it's more of a positive and not just dumping on Duffy. More Duran, more Griffin Jacks. Uh, There's a couple other guys with interesting arms. This uh, Giovanni Moran has a bunch of strikeouts so far. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't know. He's, uh, you know, if you can't trust him in that situation with a boatload lead, yeah. In the ninth inning, and this has happened a couple times with him. He's 31. He's got a lot of mileage on that arm. You might have to do like an obligatory DL stint or something for him, but you can't be running him out there in any sort of danger yeah. situation at this point. Yeah, so. and I, I think the goal a good run. on Sunday, if I'm if my guess is right, I think it was that Duran would pitch uh, the final two, but then he got hit by that comebacker, the first batter in the eighth, and I think they they allowed him to pitch the rest of the eighth, but. I think they were originally going to have him pitch the ninth too. So my my guess is the Duff man was not supposed to be near that game, and they felt forced to use him. But yeah, it's not man. like Duff you man. can't have you can't pitch. You can't have that. Oh no! In a game that you should probably win pretty comfortably, and now it's like, oh my god, it might be tied or they might lose. All yeah. right, yeah, I agree. All right, my next statement. Uh, Phil had a Trevor Larnick statement saying last week that he's the best player in baseball, but I, I'm going to go uh, a little no, step what? I, what? Not, Best I player in the Twins. What? Best player in the Twins. Best Sorry. I'm ever. Sorry. I was DeMario looking at something. Maze. I was Mantle. one step ahead. Larnick. My bad. 
My bad. My bad. I heard okay. it too. Accountability. I to click, click. I heard the same exact thing. That's the headline on today's episode. Mackie Larnick is the best player in baseball. Uh, best player in baseball, Trevor Larnick. All right. My yep. statement, though, is Trevor Larnick is punishing baseballs. Get those nerds! Where I got ahead of myself was, let's take a trip down Baseball Savant here. So Baseball Savant, a nice little analytical breakdown of people's swings and tendencies. But let's take a look at uh, where the percentiles are in Trevor Larnick's bat this season. So, barrel percentage. So how many times, and where is the percentage of his barrels being batted up uh, when he squares up a pitch? He's in the 84th percentile in barrel percentage. So when he hits the ball right on that barrel, he's in one of the best in the league, right? His hard hit percentage, the 81st percentile. So when he hits the ball, he is one of the best hard hitters in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. His average exit velocity is in the 92nd percentile. This dude absolutely punishes baseballs. And if you throw him a fastball this season, Trevor Larnick against fastballs is hitting 339 and slugging 559. So if you throw Trevor Larnick a fastball, it will go bye-bye. We saw it in Toronto this weekend. He has low-key been one of the best players in baseball, but the best players on the Twins this season, and the the analytics and percentiles back that up. Trevor Larnick is punishing baseballs. Good in right field, too. He's got a nice arm. Yeah, I really like him out there. He's a good player, man. He's going to be around, I think. I think the question is, okay, how much do you trust Kirloff to be better, and then what do you do with Kepler? Because you do have, when everyone's healthy, you do have kind of a a weird log jam here, but I'm good on Kepler. He's having a pretty good season. Might be, this might is be why I. This is why I think it might be time to shop him. To be honest with you, I don't know what. Like he's twenty nine though. I don't. I don't know what. You're not going to get. Who's going to take him and give you something of great substance though? That's the question. You have to be like him and something else. Yep. Maybe it's a maybe it's a baseball trade. You know, a team with a surplus of pitching. <laughs> I love baseball trades. You have though. a sur- <laughs> surplus of outfielders. You know. I love baseball right. trades. Back to Judd. All right, off the field, but still twins. Related, my statement is this. A star is born. Our friend, Glenn Perkins, mm. was so so when Corey and Chris and the crew got sick in Detroit, and I think it had to be driven home here, uh, Gladden came off vacation, and he worked a couple of games, uh, the Detroit games with Laudner from, from here. And then Laudner did... Bally Sports North pre and post on the weekend. And so Perk went and worked with Gladdy on CCL. Glenn Perkins, ladies and gentlemen, needs to be in the booth. Uh, he's incredible. Like I I, I've I, known that for years. Yeah, I mean, but was... his pre and post is okay. But, you know, it's sort of a brief soundbite thing. Um, yeah. We've known it, but it confirms it. And I'm not talking about he's good. I'm talking about he's fantastic. Like, and here's what I think. If because I don't think that there's going to be a space for him on on um, the side that he worked on during the weekend on radio. Here's what I think Bally should do, okay? This is very simple, at least for home games. When Morneau is going to work a game, Morneau and Perk, who are buddies, work with Bramer. Bramer is just the traffic cop. He asks questions, goes in and out of breaks, doesn't try and tell you what he knows about baseball, but allows those two to talk baseball. It be would tough, be, be tough for fan- all, Richard. It would be, but I'm okay with that because Perk is fantastic. And, and Perk could get more from Justin than Dick can as far as drawing him out on strategies and talking about the, the hitter-pitcher dynamic. I'm yeah. telling you guys, 
Glenn Perkins needs to be working games. Here's my here's what I will give Glenn credit for to the point of I turned the TV sound down and the radio up yesterday. I learned something from him. Morneau, when he started, I felt I did, but now I feel it's sort of like I don't learn much. But in listening to Perk, and, and to his credit, Gladdy as well, you guys, I learned things. Like they talked about pitching strategies. They, they on Friday night, had a marvelous conversation that Dan initiated about how the Blue Jays catcher Jansen tipped pitches through how he positioned himself. That's interesting. Like it's great a- stuff. There was a great, actually, John Boyd did a great breakdown watch that too. of one of the Tiger starting pitchers. Like an eight-minute breakdown of a Tiger starting pitcher great stuff. tipping pitches in the stretch but not in the windup and just how the Yankees use it to their advantage. But that's what we so want. So Perk's awesome. Like Perk was part of the, you know, Perk was part of our show for yep. years when he was, I mean, I think Perk started coming on the show like 2014, 15, at the beginning of our With radio Pat. show together. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that was even, hell, that was like 2013. That was before me, yep. And then... Uh, he was, you know, a weekly host of the Scorner Twin Show a couple years ago. So he he's always been amazing in that regard. And I don't know that he's ever been given the same freedom or platform through Bally's or previously Fox Sports North. It, it's kind of you know not to sit here and savage everybody, but that cookie cutter ESPN does it. The the Bally's regional networks across the country do it. Where all right, we're gonna sit at a desk in suits and ties or polo shirt. Today is a casual polo day. Right, it's your right. polo shirt. It's Saturday, and we're gonna and we're gonna break down four topics. Right, it's like it's so canned. And Glenn is great and more of a laid back, yep. loosey goosey. Here's a blank canvas. Tell a story. Give a take on something. And that's why he was so great, you know, with us on the Scorner Twin Show and Mackie and Judd. I kind of like the idea of a hybrid, and I. It, I think on the radio you almost have to have because you're you're describing something to an audience that can't see it. So you do need more of a formulaic play-by-play guy, color commentator. It is laid back, but on TV, do we really need the play-by-play guy no. telling you there's a fly ball to left field? There's a there's a deep fly ball to center. It's like we're all watching the game, <laughs> so that's why I love these like the Manning cast. I I love what ESPN's been trying to do with some of these alternate broadcasts, could you have some sort of hybrid Yes, where you do have a play-by-play guy and he's there as a traffic cop like you're saying, but he's really just there if something needs, hey, guys, we need to pause this conversation because the audience needs to, we got a challenge here at first base or something, right? I love it. Morning and, and Glenn have great so chemistry. Glenn, Glenn's a little bit, like Glenn's got some punchlines and yeah. he's got kind of a sarcastic, dry sense of humor. I'm in on it. And... Jim Cott, when he was in the booth, and I love me some Jim Cott. He's also been a regular on Scorner or 1500 ESPN over the years. But, mm-hmm. like, when Jim Cott and Dick Bramer were in the booth together last week, the I average know. age in the booth yeah. was 75. Yeah. The other, the How o- are you connecting with 28- and 38-year-old fans, you know? The other thing that drove me crazy about that, and I felt bad for Cott, was, and the same thing is done or was done uh, to bring out the worst in, in Jack Morris as well. When the play-by-play guy sort of chides him into like, well, what do you think about this part of the of, of the sport now? It's like what Cot's great at is let him tell him you have no idea what you just saw, so explain it to us all. That's where he's great. 
But when you get into how the sport has changed, that is teeing it up for old players to rip it. And yep. and yeah. that I hated that. What I wanted Bramer to do was literally ask Cot questions about what we were watching and the strategies of those things because he's like, good there. But anyway, right, he, and he is good there. But part but part but of the problem is something in his he's eighty three. Yeah, and I and not not to be an ageist because there there are plenty of older guys that continue to crush it in media. And Jim Cott still, I think he probably still has his B game. You know, even though he's in his mid eighties. But when he made that molester comment, right, and Nestor came out and said, "There's nothing here, guys." Correct. Good for him. That word, if right. you're eighty three, means something totally different. Oh yeah. Now, should you have some awareness? Well, on, that's just okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. People are going to hear that much differently in 2022, and you know, and Cot, when he brings up examples of pitchers, oftentimes he'll reach into the bag back 50 years ago. Right. He likes to talk about Camilo Pasquale and stuff. It's like, <laughs> no, you're right. Camilo Pasquale is like 87 well, years old. I, you know, and and the thing that Perk has that I absolutely love is he retired what four, four years back now, three years back. He is still yeah, yeah four or five years ago. He is still very in tune with the game today and strategies, which is what I absolutely love. Again, my biggest thing is, I feel like I know a lot about sports, but like I didn't play professionally. He did. He knows way more. Can he articulate that? And like Perks Perkins can do that, and that that is such a huge thing because then you learn from it. I love that. Anyway, yeah. more perk. All right. Any final twin statements from you guys? I just saw some. We got our, our next phase of statements here. There's going to be a late entry. I just saw something come across. Uh-oh. It's going to be amazing. Any any final twin statements from you guys? Uh, no. I'm this good. is your last chance to apologize. A full throat yeah, apology good. here. You said you were wrong. Now you now you can I was apologize. Wrong. I was wrong. I, I was wrong. And I'm glad I was wrong. And Declan's right. Declan's right. You know what? Continue right. to make me eat my words. You take the bombers and you mess them up this week. They're coming to your house. They're going to try and and spit in your face. And you now, Josh Donaldson and company. This is like the movie Major League. The twins have a cardboard cutout of a scantily clad Judd Zolgad. They're mm-hmm. piecing, mm-hmm. taking one oh, piece off. Oh, I hope they're not doing that. that I hope game. they're. I hope they're not doing that. See that? that, that no. Those chiseled Livia abs. No, right. no one deserves that. All right. All right, we are we good on we good Let's on. Let's get the next here? round of statements. We're good. Okay. All right. Next round of statements here, presented by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. The best way to get a sweat on games tonight or in the future. So easy, Judd can use the Underdog Fantasy app, and I do, <laughs> which allows you mm-hmm. to, for instance, for these uh, these basketball playoff games and hockey playoff games. Oh yeah, you can pick over unders as part of the pick'em games and win up to twenty times your money in a single night. There's also season long football drafts coming up here, which makes it really easy. Without there's no waivers, no trades, no lineup setting. You draft a roster. Underdog selects the highest-scoring players to be your starters after the fact. And so there's no stressing over the day-to-day or week-to-week management. And you can enter as many leagues, I think, as you want to. Mm-hmm. So it's a blast. Uh, you can help us out by entering the promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, and Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash. Underdog Fantasy. All right. I think you guys are going to go in a different direction than me. I think you guys are going to take this a step further than me based on some of our exchanges, and that's fine. But I'm going to start with all this stuff coming out from the Utah Jazz. So Quinn Snyder's out. He's just basically said it's been eight years, and you know, there's 
it's not like a falling out. I just I just feel like it's time to leave. And then he'll probably take a year off and then take over for like Greg Popovich or something. Sure. So the Utah Jazz are losing Quinn Snyder. Donovan Mitchell is unsettled and unnerved and wondering what it means for the franchise's future, end quote, from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. And so my statement is, the NBA Western Conference is crumbling, and the Timberwolves are on the rise. So Denver is up in the air at this point with losing their pobo to the Wolves. Utah's up in the air losing their coach, and now their star player is pissed off. The Lakers remain in shambles because they can't figure out how to put a team around LeBron James. Or actually, LeBron James can't figure out how to put a team around LeBron James because he's the one that wanted all those ancient veterans around him. Mm-hmm. The Suns have been amazing, but they kind of missed their window. There's moves to be made, but Chris Paul is getting older by the day. He's 37 years old now. Now, on the flip side, the Clippers should be better and healthier, and the Pelicans, if they get Zion back, should be better and healthier. And the Mavs might try to add someone for Luka, but they're kind of strapped for cash. But there's some teams right above the Timberwolves that are just reeling right now, losing very key pieces, and the Wolves are on the rise, and I love it. I really thought that you were going to have I know. a trade proposal. No, I know. I was waiting for you. Like I yeah, thought I for sure you'd I, be I like, no, I don't have one. I thought you being the. I don't. I need a few days, maybe on Reckless oh. Speculation Thursday. Okay. okay. I thought the reason you saw, I didn't saw go that there, and salivated inside Donovan Mitchell. Well, I saw Declan put out a graphic on the Score North Twitter account, like kind of hinting, oh, Donovan right. Mitchell might be available. Yeah, if you, if you, yeah. Yeah. I would just be. He just signed a max extension. He's under contract for four more seasons. Yep. He's the centerpiece of that franchise. He's like 25 years old. Would it be amazing to have him as, and and you wouldn't really have a true point guard unless you played a really small lineup with like McLaughlin, Donovan. Now I'm doing it. Now I'm putting him in a team. Well, I knew you'd get to it. It's not hard. It's not hard to work you. Come on! So could you know? Could you could you swap D'Lo as uh, as kind of an expiring contract? You know, some draft. You have to be probably three first round picks or something. Yeah. Listen, there's a way, there's a way down. Would you path. do like like what would you do? But would it work? Would you could you you'd have Donovan Mitchell and Anthony Edwards as your primary ball handlers. Mm-hmm. But those guys aren't like true point guards necessarily. Sure. I think Donovan Mitchell's a better ball handler, and he can play. He, he plays some. He's a combo guard. And he's, he's definitely the initiator of offense, but would you need a true point guard in the mix there at some point? Would your lineup be too small with true point guard, Donovan Mitchell, and Anthony Edwards? I mean, hell, I'm here for it. But I was just, I was, I wasn't going that far yet because I just don't think there's any chance he gets traded. But I guess he could demand his way out and they could crumble. Yeah. If you're Utah, why would you trade four years of 25 year old Donovan Mitchell? Wouldn't you just hire a coach that he likes? Probably. But I mean,. When you lead the reckless speculation yeah. lifestyle, yeah, yeah, you right. don't you don't say why would you? You say why wouldn't you? Okay. Why not? Me, so let so, me pull up his contract. Hold on, I got it in front of me. All right, I'll, I'll throw a trade at you. Okay, okay. all right, because I, I got one more question for you after that. Go ahead. Okay, so this is amazing. So he, what would have to happen is Donovan Mitchell would have to he'd have to demand a trade, which Ben Simmons did the same thing with a bunch of years left in his contract and. You know, the Sixers played hardball for the whole year. Yep. So would he be willing to sit out games and do that whole thing? I I don't think he's going to sit out games. So really, the Jazz would have to say, all right, well, you don't want to be here anymore. I guess we'll just blink and trade you. Mm-hmm. So Donovan Mitchell is under contract for four more seasons, 30 million, 32, 34, 37. He makes 
almost exactly the same amount of money this upcoming year as D'Angelo Russell makes. And I'm going to actually piggyback a second statement here for oh, you guys man. before I get into this. Because my second statement is, we don't know what swings Alex Rodriguez and Mark Lurie are capable of. But we just saw them put a phone call into Pat Riley. They literally pursued Pat Riley to be the president of basketball operations, according to reports, at some point in the last six months. I wonder if it, I wonder the, if, it, if it was possibly a lunch. Miami, A-Rod, called him up, said, Pat, let's go have a bottle of Dom Perignon. Let's go and, have and a good Pat, steak. And Pat entertained it for exactly zero seconds yeah, and said, guys, I've been living in Miami for almost three decades running this franchise. I'm in my mid-70s. But the point isn't Pat Riley. The point is there is no swing that these guys won't take. They aren't mired in 30 years of Minnesota Timberwolves misery and inferiority complex, right? They're coming in here from their own perspectives, from mm-hmm. their own you know, professional success and saying, why can't we land one of the five best presidents of basketball operations? Let's go down the list. Who's available? Who uh, will double your salary? Who wants it? Right. And Tim Connolly stepped up. So as we sit here and kick around, like Don, you guys want me to throw a Donovan Mitchell trade idea out there. Listen, these guys pro- probably put phone calls in, right? Why would, why would these guys not be putting, they put a phone call into Pat Riley. Why wouldn't they put a phone call in for Donovan Mitchell? Yep. So he makes about the same amount of money as D'Angelo Russell. So from a contract standpoint, you can make it work very easily. It's the assets that you would have to come up with. What would Utah need? They're not just going to do it for draft picks, right? You'd probably have to start with three first-round picks and something else of value. Probably Jaden McDaniels. Mm -hmm. So I'm just making this up on the fly, but would you trade (laughs) D'Angelo Russell's expiring contract and Jaden McDaniels and three first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell? And they might say no to that. They might say no to that. Boy, so three first-round picks, they can't be in consecutive years, so they'd be spread out as I as I would be getting pretty good as well, so they wouldn't be ideally would start, really good first-round picks. And um, they would probably have to start, because this, this isn't going to happen in the next three weeks, so this, yeah. would, this would probably have to be starting he's with a like special, next year's first He's round a special pick. player. Mitchell's a special player. I'd give it strong consideration. Yeah, I'd have to think about it. Like, because Phil, your your point is spot on. These guys are clearly into splash moves, and we can, you know, what we can say or have people say. Well, you know, Glenn has to sign off. Still, Glenn, Glenn is no longer running this team. Okay, like let's make that incredibly clear, right? This Look team, me in the eye. they are <laughs> running. They they are clearly doing things, and then calling Glenn and saying, "This is just about done. Would you like to sign off?" Which is which I'm cool with. But here's where I think you're. Onto something with the amount of splash moves that, that these guys want to make to make this a as as they said to parrot exactly what the Wilfs said in two thousand five right a world class organization you don't do that by being shy you do that by doing what they've started and continuing it mm-hmm. so that's why I think although it is at this point probably completely reckless speculation I also think it's worth thinking about, like, wh- what are their next moves? Because their next moves aren't co- going to be like, okay, we've done enough now. I think their their next moves are going to continue to very much fall in what we consider to be splashy, splashy, sexy type moves to sell tickets and gain more interest. They 
put a phone call into Pat Riley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they think of what they're trying to build here. There yes. are no there are no basketball limitations on what they think they can do. Yes. Now there might be Timberwolves limitations and real world limitations. They're not looking at that. I agree with you though. Can you imagine like I agree completely with that what conversation you're saying. with Pat Riley? <laughs> But but yes, like, because because you're not God. doing it as the bashful, embarrassed wolves. Yeah, These guys are the... like, we are big deals. Like they're not trying. I because we we work this backwards, right? Because to, to us, it's like, well, it's Glenn's wolves, and they're being sold. But it's the wolves. Yeah, A Rod, Lori, they think of this as we just bought an NBA team. We're a huge deal, and if we want to call Pat Bleep and Riley, we'll call Pat. Pat Riley. That's how they think. I like it. I got a wolf statement for you. Okay. If the Warriors can find a Jordan Poole, so can the Wolves. So Jordan Poole was a late round pick, 28th overall uh, three years ago. So the Warriors obviously well outside the lottery. They're near the end of the draft. They've been mostly there for the better part of the last seven years. And when Poole was drafted, he wasn't a star right away. Took a little bit to blossom. But now he's in his third season. I believe he won most improved player in the NBA this year. Um, he led the league in free throw percentage. His defense isn't great, but he's, he's a quality piece on a contending team, right? And the Warriors are certainly built a little differently than the Wolves. Helps when you have Clay and Steph and Draymond and everything. But Minnesota, all things considered, is going to be outside of the lottery, right? If Tim Conley is building what we're supposed to be seeing and the Wolves are going to be yeah. making playoff runs, th- there's no longer the Wolves in the lotteries talk that we're talking about, uh, which we've mostly been doing for the better part of the last 15 years. And Conley has drafted really stud players with the Denver Nuggets outside of those lottery picks. So Jordan Poole didn't look like a star right away, but the Wolves have to hit on those draft picks. And I, I think Jordan Poole is a prime example of a guy who's a really quality player, who was outside of the draft, and the Warriors, who are a very smart, forward-thinking op, uh, organization, were able to find him. And if you can find a Jordan Poole, so can the Wolves. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Jordan Poole, Absolutely. he wasn't even really a star in the Big Ten. Like, right. he wasn't... He was a good player, obviously good enough to be a first-round draft pick, but but a late first-round pick. But they saw a six foot five multi-positional guy that could shoot in college, and he's only gotten better as a shooter since entering the NBA. I mean, his first year in the league when he was 20 years old, he shot under 30% from three, and now he's become this lethal three-point scorer. His free throw percentage has gone way up in the three years he's been in the league. So, yeah, can you find those hardworking guys that have some potential? You know, they're six foot four, six foot six. They're, they're, they're wing players. So, yeah, I think Tim Connolly has to build the Wolves that way, right? You're not, you're not going – he even said it at his press conference – Lori and A-Rod can pitch all they want to big free agents if you have max cap space in uh, one summer from now. But ultimately, if a guy wants to live in Los Angeles or a guy wants to live in Miami, I mean, when the, when the Wolves were pursuing D'Angelo Russell a couple years ago in free agency, he said, oh, man, the Warriors are offering the same amount of money. And so uh, I love me some Carl Anthony Towns. Now they swung a trade for him like five minutes later. But, um, yeah, you're going to have to find guys like that if you want to take this thing to the levels that you aspire to, for sure. Yep, and I, I think the key thing is Conley's going to bring stability. And, like, that's the thing is, aside from Flip, this team has never, for years and years, been stable, right? Like, it's always been, like, Con's a joke. But, I mean, Tibbs, Tibbs was the was the um, um, antithesis of stability because Tibbs loved an environment in which no one felt safe. And, and like, like, you watch... Golden State, and yes, they've got some great players. 
But they also have a blueprint that they can put guys into, and they thrive. And, like, that's the thing that the Wolves have, for years, haven't come close to. And this team punted and screwed up so many draft picks, including the second-round picks can be incredibly good. Like, those guys can be the key, right? But, I mean, how long did, like, Mikhail just be like, I'll sell one off, or somebody sold, you know, a pick off? And... I think what Conley brings, most importantly, is not just the ability to be a name and potentially make some splash moves, but beyond that, provide the exact type of stability from the top on down with Finch that this franchise desperately needs and has not had for years. Funny you use that word. We'll we'll come back to that word desperate in a second. But Judd, go ahead. What's your what's your statement? All right, my, my statement is this: off the Eastern Conference Finals in the National Hockey League, which have been fantastic. My yeah. statement is, look to the Rangers. The Rangers have a blueprint that I absolutely love. Fun team, younger team in some ways. Um, but if if the Wild can learn things from the four teams left, I think the Rangers are the top one. The goaltender, phenomenal. He's yeah. great, right? Uh, a good, young, fast team. They're incredibly fast. They, they're like where, where the, the Wild wants to get speed-wise. Um, they certainly can play a physical, a physical game if necessary. But this is a team that, like four years back, halfway through their season, if I'm not mistaken, sent a letter to their fans saying, we're bailing because it's not working. Um, we are going to regroup. We're going to make changes. We're going to draft well. And they have built up a team now that absolutely belongs as one of the final four teams left in the conference. And the Wild didn't didn't send that, that out. But when they bought out Pariser, Parisi and Suter and traded all of the guys that they traded, they definitely hit what could be considered a hard reset button. And I think if you look at where the Rangers are right now, not next season, but eventually, I think that that's where the Wild can get to successfully. Mm-hmm. So, a conference finals would be a nice step at some point. Huge step. Thousand me this year. Yeah. Huge a 2 step. 1 lead in the conference finals. They're probably a little been... premature with that, unfortunately. But I mean, there's still steps left here, including the most important one, too. You got to get goaltending right and center. You cannot go into the playoffs. With like, well, our guys are pretty good. You have to have a top one or two that you know are damn good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm actually going to, I don't want to just tuck this statement away. So I think we, sh- I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, a little slice of it, but I think we should actually flesh it out maybe on tomorrow's show. Okay. This just came across. I didn't see this until we started doing the shows today, but uh, the Star Tribune has a recap of, one of the, I think it's the kid of Stan Kroenke, Josh Kroenke. Is he the kid of Stan Kroenke? It's from the Kroenke Denver Nuggets ownership group. And Josh Kroenke was speaking to the media after Tim Connolly was poached by the Timberwolves for the first time. Mm-hmm. And he called the Timberwolves a desperate franchise. And there's a lot more in here. <laughs> but uh, I guess my sta- I'll give a quick statement and then we can we can flesh this out more maybe on tomorrow's show. But. The Nuggets are hilariously chapped by the Timberwolves stealing their Pobo. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> chapped. Just he used the word "desperate" two or three times 
in these quotes I'm seeing and is uh, is basically saying that like you know if if desperate teams are gonna if desperate teams are gonna make phantom equity offers like there just comes a point where what are you we know supposed what? to do don't be cheap Cronkies. Okay, guy don't be cheap pay up oh man the Crockies. all right yeah, we'll we'll do I'm gonna organize these quotes and we can do more maybe on tomorrow's show what a despicable group of people yeah the way they kind of Force the Rams out of St. Louis. Yeah. That's kind of shady. Yeah, Stan's not. No. Not my favorite guy. Is it Buffoon of the Week time here, Declan? Yeah. Let's Buffoon. do it. It's, it's Buffoon of the Week. All right. Every single week, we uh, we crown a Buffoon of the Week on the Mackie and Judd show. And I don't know. This feels like a self-serving, potentially selfish rant here by Declan. But you've been chapped about this for 24 hours. So go ahead. All right. Here's a deal. All right. I, I, I golf once a week. I love golfing. In the last two or three years, I've really started golfing a lot more. And, and there's definitely been some strides to my game, but I, I know the ceiling of my game. I know I'm still pretty bad at golf. But you know what? I'm always quick. I don't waste time. I'm not going to be out there waiting for a green to clear. I'm not going to be out there taking my time, taking seven different practice swings or analyzing my putt from the front or the back. I'm going to go up there. I'm going to hit the GD ball. All right. And I, I, I even I'm, I'm so obnoxious. I hit a red ball because I can't find anything. OK, so I use a red ball when I even golf, which is a little little much. But you know what? I don't care. No, I, I actually like that. I think if, if there's a way to, to, to easily find golf balls in the rough, then that's good. Yeah. And I'm in the rough. Maybe if you maybe if you took more time, you'd be a better golfer. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, so yesterday at an unnamed golf course, um, me and my, my, my normal group that I golf with were, were there and uh, it, was, it was a little packed, but. Whatever. That, that's, it's a beautiful Sunday in, in Minnesota, so I'm, I'm not too surprised that it was a full golf course. There was a foursome in front of us that took their sweet time the entire course, waited for the green to clear on every hole, whether it was a par three, a par four, or a par five. The groups, two groups in front of them, were a whole hole ahead of that group. And the entire time... Wait, are you saying they would wait for the, the green to clear at the, at the tee box of yes, a par four? Yes, yes. And by the, way, by the way, these four men, at least three of them, were about as good as me. So, can't drive very far, can't hit very consistently, and are taking their sweet time, which is not like me. So, the entire time, we are, we are waiting for these dudes. And now we're getting backed up, right? There's people behind us. There's a mutiny now behind us because they think we're taking slow. No, the group in front of us is taking their sweet time, the entire damn course. And I get it, okay? It's a city course. There's some, some lapses sometimes you got to go when you go to a city public course like that. I get it. I understand it. But dudes, pick up your ball. You're not Tiger Woods. Don't be looking all over the place for it. Don't be hitting two at a time. Just pick up your ball and hit it, man. And for God's sakes, if you know you're being slow, don't be jackasses about it. They knew they were being slow. At one point, we were going up to, to 12, okay? And we've been almost golfing for four hours at this point. Oh, that's, yeah, that's aggressive. We teed off at 928. We were on hole 14 at 130. Oh, 130. That's bad. I'm going home. See to the point, point, we left. 
We left. We did not finish our round. Yeah, I would. We did. We did not finish our round because these jack wagons were taking their time. Did you guys just do the Minnesota passive aggressive thing and just like let it happen, or did you say something to them to get them to play? We hit a couple balls. And where's where's the marshal? Why is there no one riding around? There's a there's a guy at the start, but there is no marshal at this course on on this Sunday afternoon, which which blew my mind. Um, they're also, these guys were definitely having some drinks and having some fun. Now, don't get me wrong. I had a couple seltzers as Phil brilliantly pointed out on Twitter when he saw my tweet yesterday. Um, but they knew they were being jack wagons. We were, we hit a couple ball towards a couple balls towards them. Like, as in like, guys, you have to know you're playing very slow. And it got to the point where before we left, um, I pulled my cart up to the next tee box and I kind of like put my club in the bag. A little aggressively, because I was frustrated at these guys. Completely passive aggressive. Yeah. Can't you ask yep. just to pass them? We wanted to. Yeah, like, why don't you ask like to guys, play through? If you're going to play slow, because I mean... Did you explore going any fast, solutions? You're going fast. No. Yeah, your solutions are... <laughs> no, so okay. Your solutions are, can we play through? Or can you guys play faster? Or I guess you could go and like get them get someone from the clubhouse. That's probably an unrealistic solution. Yeah, but, so you guys just like stewed for four hours, God, passive aggressively, and did and said nothing. Well, we couldn't play through because then we'd be right behind the next guys who was a who was a twosome. So then we then we would still would be behind another group. So we, there wasn't really an option to play through. There wasn't really an option. And then these guys well, maybe the, maybe the group in front of you was was more backed up than no. than you think. No, no, no. They they weren't though. They, they, they were. I mean, they, they were playing faster, but then we would still be behind them. So it, it was these four dudes. They're being jackasses. Wasn't a fun time. Just pick up your ball and hit it, dude. That's all I'm saying. If you can be bad at golf, like I am bad at golf, but I love to do it. But I don't go out there and act like I'm on tour. And these jackasses that act like they're on tour waiting for a green to clear. I feel like you need to confront them then. I should have I confronted agree. them. And that, lesson learned. Probably or or just them. like swallow it and be like, okay, I can't do a thing about this. I'm just going to. I think if like I think if, if you yeah, you're pointing out the problems here without bringing solutions to the table, I think that's what I that's that's my big takeaway here. That you guys passive aggressively stewed for four hours. Yeah, Wait, there's a allowing bit. this to happen. That sounds miserable. But by the way, like the whole thing sounds like it would just suck. I'll tell you what I was I was when I first started golfing in high school. And I used to play a course called, I think it was Pheasant Run at the time. Now it's Pheasant Acres, I believe, out I remember in like Corcoran, Pheasant Run. Maple Grove. Yeah, I remember I asked yep. for it. <laughs> I, took, I took lessons there when I was like, you know, 15 years old or whatever. And yep. used to play there all the time for, for like 16, 17, 18 years old. So I didn't really know what I was doing. My, my buddy and I were out there one day and it, there was a par five. And, you know, we hit our drives 200 yards or whatever somewhere. And we're, now we're still like 250 yards away from the green, if not more on a par five. And so we're sitting out in the fairway and we're waiting for the green to clear, which is what this is the reverse of. So I am the group now that Declan's talking yeah. about, which is why are you waiting for the green to clear? There's no way you're going to pipe a three wood 17 year old kid, right. 250 yards, like over water. Nope. You're laying up anyway. So <laughs> keep it moving. So that the guys on the tee box can hit their drives and keep the thing moving along. Right. And so we're sitting there waiting for the, the green to clear. In the fairway, and from the tee box, this guy goes. <laughs> this guy yells something like, "I can't even. I can't even. I'm, I'm trying to think if I can say this on the." He says, "Hey, bleephole, you're not going to hit it that far." Like you know, just some something with a couple other expletives, a couple f words mixed in, and I was so offended in the moment. Like, how does he? What? How does he know I can't hit it that far? <laughs> Screw that guy! You know, he was 100 percent right. 
everyone overestimates their ability to, you know, you're going to lay up anyway, so just hit your shot. Just hit a shot, then. And, uh, and so I appreciate that guy doing something about it. He yelled something to me right. to keep play moving forward. Right. And so that would be my takeaway here is if you're pissed about it, ask to play through. And even if, if you ask to play through, it's a message to them, like, speed it up. Mm-hmm. You know? There definitely should have been a conversation. I agree. I should we we should have we should have addressed them and they were also they were they were drinking heavily because even when we got up to the first three par three them. at hole seven, uh, you know there was that awkward like oh how we doing today fellas you know one of those you got to conversations them. right and there, they like, and, and they said oh we just we just took shots so we all birdied the last holes like none of you birdied that hole okay. we all we all were behind you we yep. all knew how long you took we saw the four <laughs> shots they, they, told you they yeah. birdied the hole and that's why we took so, the shots which was just <laughs> not the case man we all saw you hit at least four shots before you were so on the green you're in the woods guy yeah. is this potentially your your last time on a weekend going to this course what, though cuz it feels so, like this course invites that and yeah. so what's it's so a wild frustrating course. is Sunday dude they're they're cramming tea times like yeah. 8 minutes apart on yeah. Sundays this, to, this course yeah. actually holds a special place in my heart cuz it's where I broke 100 last year but okay? you might not be done with so, that so so but, but 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 so I was excited to play cuz it was my first time playing last year when I broke 100 gotcha uh and and I think we 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 made the conscious effort in the parking lot to cross it off the list okay um, I am in a scramble well, in a couple of weeks my first ever scramble with with the same group that I golf with, oh, so that'll fine. be an experience. Yeah, um, that's fine. But yeah, I, I think we might cross this one off the list for a little bit. I recommend uh, not making the mistake of not going to Meadows at Mystic. You know who doesn't play slow? People who golf at Meadows at Mystic. Right. They always know golf etiquette and rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're an award-winning 18-hole public golf course, okay? And they offer unique, challenging, and scenic and a self-aware golf experience. Uh, they also have a full-service golf shop and top-of-the-line equipment. They have the Meadows Bar and Grill, which is where I like to be after or before my round. Book your tee time now. At golfthemeadows.com. Book your tea time now. Golfthemeadows.com to, to learn more. It's the Meadows at Mystic Lake. Boom. All right. See? Glad Declan got that off his chest. And uh, if you're out there and you're getting drunk on golf courses without self awareness, just, right. uh, you know, just let people play. If everyone played like my speed, not like me, because that would be no one would play golf well. But if everyone played with my speed, yeah. we could get so many rounds done in three and a half. I feel like d- deciding. In your foursome, though, to get really drunk is just going to present huge problems. Right. Like, it's different between a couple and shots. Mm-hmm. Why are people allowed to get drunk and drive golf carts, too? It is. is it, why why is that the weird. only loophole in America where you can get it's, smashed and still drive? You are correct. It's not a bad point. I don't know. Isn't it weird? We were like, even we're watching the, you know, the match last week with those four quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, Patrick Mahomes was just pounding Coors Lights the entire time. Damn right. <laughs> No, it's like, of course, he didn't get drunk. First hole, he's just pounding a Coors Light. Mm. All right. Anyhow, that's a wrap on this episode of Mackie and Judd. <laughs> Tomorrow, Talking Jake from John Boy Media is going to come on and bring his Yankees perspective to uh, this Twins show. Talk to you guys tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.